Welcome back to Open House with Mark Seawick and Corey James Moran, brought to you by the Mark Seawick team at Keller Williams Realty, a greater Rochester real estate podcast. Welcome to episode number 41. Yay. Two in one week. How lucky are you? We're we're making good on last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who didn't listen to the last episode, Corey was out. But your voice is back. Um, uh, Almost. uh, 92.5%, I believe. 92.5. There's a measure for this? There's still a little bit of rasp. I have a little bit of rasp that's not normally there. Um, So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, the joys of having kids, Mark. Um, they're so germy, so incredibly germy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, feeling feeling good mostly. Uh, how about you? Doing well? Better, Doing well. The, better yeah, today. The, yeah, yeah. The sun, the sun is out. And yeah, go. yeah. I, honestly, and and as, as as you've told me on several occasions, it's going to be sixty three degrees on Sunday. It is, and then I'm not saying what's going to happen on Monday. I did. I did see that. Nope. We're not talking about that. We're going to focus on the positive because we need to focus on the positive right now. That's right. Um, yeah. I I drove to work, and I I was in a bit of a mood, to be honest with you. Well, why is that? I know. Well, well usually... because it was four in the morning? Uh, well, <laughs> that's that's less of a mood. That's more just uh, delirium, I think, yeah. um, from sleep deprivation. No, I would see the signs for the gas stations. Oh. And I was just... Get ready. 419 was the highest I think I saw. Oh, oh, so, so I, I I did well just now. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I just only, only I just four oh nine. That's exactly what I paid. That, that's exactly yeah. what I paid. Um, yes, you're clearly following this. I yeah. am kicking myself because I uh, there's two types of people in this world, and based on a text that I got previously from Mark today, I'm willing to bet I know what type of person you are. Mm. Um, there's two types of people. There are if your tank gets anywhere below a quarter, <laughs> you automatically refill. And then there's a, you're pushing your car into the gas station. Uh, yeah, I am the first. Yeah. Mark, the latter. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fumes. How many times have you run out of gas? Oh, do I have to? I <laughs> when you have, when you pause and say that, it means too many times. It means way too many times. So, so, okay. So you're the, the on the fumes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, Duffy, Duffy will say, I'm, I'm, can, I, can I use your car? Um, you know, it's in, no. parked in front of mine. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He gets out there and he comes back in. And he's like, uh, what, what are you doing? You just left. I'm getting the keys to my car. Yeah. You have no gas left in yours. I don't want to get stuck on the road. Yep. Seriously. Yep. Yeah. So yep. anyway. Yep. Um, so I uh, I was filling up early this week and I was stubborn because I saw 385 and I thought to myself, <laughs> 385. Are you kidding me? No, absolutely not. I'm going to very stubbornly only put $30 of gas in my car and fill it up just a little bit. And then literally the next day, I'm driving, and it's past $4. Well, well, well the, the, there was, and then we'll get into real estate, there was an occasion almost two years ago uh, when we were first having to contend with and deal with COVID as an issue. And the governor is uh, issuing mandates that we all lock down, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. A, a, good, a, a good friend of mine, and I won't mention names here, but a good friend of mine is uh, in one of the war rooms that were set up locally okay. uh, with local elected officials. And I get word, the word is, um, go out and buy gas. Oh, yikes. Because this, this this could get ugly. And they, they were actually predicting there were going to be runs on gas. Really? So I, supply chain issue? Um, well, it, it was all sorts of things. Okay. You know, having to do with COVID. Um, so I go out and I buy, like, and I never do this. I never do this. I bought, like, eight gallons of gas, which Duffy 
gave away not more than like five, six weeks ago. He's like, is I'm that... tired of this sitting in the shed. So um, yeah. The perfect that, dynamic. Thanks, Duffy. For the relationship yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that he ever listens, but but thanks anyway. Too funny. I, okay, okay, I know. We will get to real estate, I promise. I have one more. Okay, all right. And then, and then real estate. Here and we go. And then real estate, and then I promise, I promise. Um, I was absolutely baffled on Monday. Why is that? I was at the gas pump. Mm-hmm. I was in Canandaigua where I live. Yeah. And the way this gas station is set up, the first set of pumps is like right by the entrance. Okay. So I'm there. I'm standing. I'm freezing my butt off. Yeah. Uh, I'm questioning why there's not the lock on the gas pump okay. so I can just go and sit back in my car. I need to stand there and hold it apparently for safety. Who knows? I don't care. There's a car that is parked right by the entrance on the other side of me. And a man comes walking out of the gas station. And he looks over and he makes eye contact and he says, you should get an electric car. Wouldn't have to be doing that. And then he kind of winks at me and he hops into his Tesla and tears on down the road. I was openly mocked by a electric car user. Wow. As he then tore off down it was, the road. It wasn't Mike. It was not my father-in-law, no. It, it was not. It sounds like something he may have done to me, but no. This was a complete stranger. Wow. Com- complete stranger. Wow. Openly mocked. Uh, that's that's incredible. I mean, the truth. How, how would you? I stood there baffled, looking around to see if anyone else. Uh, no, no, don't saw. A, don't don't ask the question. <laughs> don't because because I don't want to answer. Mark runs down the street, jumps on the hood. What did you say? Yeah. So I, I want to warn people, uh, if you're living in the Rochester area, Canandaigua area, uh, this maniac is out there, and he may mock Well, I, I, I can't wait to actually uh, buy my next car, which is going to be an yeah. EV. So. Yeah, and listen, anyway. I'm not against it. It's just the, really, you need uh, to just take that jab. Yeah, yeah. Well, all it's, right. Okay, you're ready for let's real estate? Do, let's do real estate. Right, we'll get into actual real estate. I think our audience is, yeah, hoping. <laughs> you're you're done being uh, just wild with our gas stories? <laughs> I could keep going. No. Uh, all right, let's get the market update. So... Um, this time on Monday, today we're recording mm-hmm. on Friday, by the way, uh, I told you it was going to be lower because yep. a lot of properties yep. uh, are not listed on Monday. Right. So 263, it's up to 319. Wow. Okay. So we are finally okay. seeing okay. Okay. a nice jump up. Six County Region, it was at 500. We're at 578. All right. So is it's, this... it's, it's still pathetic, but <laughs> you know. comparatively, but it's not as pathetic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so we got to yeah, put yeah. it all into perspective. Yeah. So is this the beginning of maybe a jump up? Again, we're not anticipating anything crazy, but you know, I remember doing podcasts back last year mm-hmm. where, you know, Monroe County there was five hundred and some. Yeah, yeah. And then six county region, you're hovering around nine hundred thousand. Right. Yeah, seems manageable. Let let's let's see what happens these next few weeks. Yeah, um, I'm still waiting. I mean, we, we did put six properties on the market for sale. Our team, um, yep. just just this week alone, um, and we've got some really really beautiful homes coming on the market for sale uh, over the course of the next few weeks. Um, I'm hoping that, but it's still nowhere near where we need to be. Right, so for sure. And, and, and of, of course, uh, I just continue to ask whether or not Putin's invasion of the Ukraine. Um, is stifling some uh, of the activity that we would be enjoying yeah. right now. And I do think that that's playing into it a little I bit. I have had clients ask me specifically about the impact of that. And, yeah. and again, yeah. you know, we, if you want to listen to uh, our thoughts on that, previous podcast, episode 40, we talked about the four factors that could derail the seller's market, and one of them was what's happening in Ukraine right now. Yes. Um, yeah. So you can go back and, and take a listen there. Um, but yeah, I mean, with any instability, there's going to be uncertainty, and uncertainty is not good for really anything when it comes to uh, the economy. R- r- right. 
people people like certainty. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so there's two main topics that we want to get to, and then we'll do a little uh, a little real estate porn, as we call it here on the uh, the podcast. Let's start with the impact of buyers coming from out of our area. Oh, that's great. Because this is something. Well, is it? Because this is something. Well, that, it's a great topic, right? Yes, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. this is something that we've talked about previously about how the Rochester area specifically has become one that a lot of people from different areas, specifically bigger cities, are finding appealing for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. One is that they want to get out of the big cities. Right. Uh, having gone through what we have the past two years, working remotely now, being able to really live wherever you want to do your job is a huge factor. You know, there's a lot that the Rochester area has to offer. We talk about it all the time. We're very proud of this area. It's kind of like a quote-unquote hidden gem that's becoming a little less hidden. Yeah. Um, and, and quite frankly, for these people, their dollar goes a whole lot farther. What's the analogy you always use? Uh, the, the Brooklyn Brownstone? Yeah. 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 They're selling it for $1.5 million in Brooklyn. They're walking away $650,000 in equity. They're coming here. They're plopping it down on a house that is – and they're buying it – Free and clear. Right. Yep. Three times the size of what it is that they left in, in, in Brooklyn. So we've been um, talking a lot about just the market in general. And there's there's always, when you talk with other agents, there's so much cash. There's so much cash out there. Where's this cash coming from? You know, a lot of it certainly are people who are living here right now or have ties to here. But a lot of these people are coming in from those areas. And there's a lot of good that comes with that, obviously. It's going to grow our community. Mm-hmm. Economically, to pump more money into it, positive thing. But... I wanted to take a little time to discuss maybe the other side of that coin. This is a conversation I actually had with a couple of the members of the team, uh, Mark Crandall and Josh Bartolotta, who are agents, um, about how it's making it increasingly difficult for people who are, are here in the Rochester area that are looking to move into that next house, their dream home, or just they're looking to grow their family. It's making it increasingly difficult for them to pre- prevail on these bids because so many of these buyers from out of state are coming in with just ridiculously high offers, all cash. Right. And because to them, you know, perspective is everything. To them, doesn't matter. 800K, mm-hmm. ah, throw it down. That yeah. would get you a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you're lucky. Um, so there's that aspect of it. it it's... It is difficult uh, because it is driving up prices. Certainly, there are all sorts of things driving up prices, but this is definitely one of the phenomenon, and it is impacting people locally. They just, many can't compete, and they're having to purchase properties that are less. But And I'm going to go down a path that you probably weren't thinking. I keep wondering. So they're coming, these people are coming in from, from Brooklyn or Manhattan or wherever, you know, the tri-state region, you know, large cities. They're buying up these $650,000 properties, and they're doing all this knowing that they're bringing with them the $350,000 per year, the $400,000 per year salary that they are making while working in these larger communities. And they're being told that they can uh, work remotely. That's great until what point in time? At what point in time... Uh, are businesses going to require, these large corporations require that their remote employees have to start to come into the office twice a week, three times a week? Or at what point in time do these large corporations realize, well, we're paying Susie, who just moved to Rochester, we're paying her $350,000, $400,000, but we can hire somebody for $300,000. So I keep wondering at what point in time, and, and it's going to be fascinating the fallout of this in the coming years how much uh 
how much of this migration, what, what are the impacts of, of the migration that is taking place? What is, the, what is the impact on the communities to which these people are moving? Um, are they able to sustain their lifestyle? Or are they going to have to sell the property? And then to the point that you, you started out with, what is the impact on the people who currently live here? Yeah. Who can't compete with this big city money that is driving up prices? Yeah, there is just, there's a lot to unravel with it. It's, you know, you pointed out something really interesting. A lot of these, obviously, jobs, the, the salaries are based on on what cost of living of where you're living yes. so so when do corporations start saying we're not gonna pay you four hundred thousand dollars you're now living in an area where the cost of living is this I mean you can literally go online and you can pop in into websites where you live what your salary is and then what you would need to make in other cities to have the same exact lifestyle what's stopping them from popping in some of these algorithms and saying well now you're making 120, you know, from your 400. Right. So it's going to be, it is going to be fascinating. I, I do think that that is going to happen. And I mean, how many people end up leaving Manhattan over the course of the next few years? Probably yeah. not enough to, you know, to, to have a, a, an enormous impact. But, you know, if you got 500 families who move here from large cities, mm-hmm. I, I, I do continue to question and wonder. Um, it's, 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 it's fascinating. And, and it's going to make for great journal articles and great books. Oh, yeah. Uh, five years from now, 10 years from now. We've been going down the rabbit hole even further, you know, culturally. What is that going to do to our area? Talk to me. What do you, what do you mean by that? Tell me. So, you know, we always joke about how Rochester is such a, a small city, right? Everyone mm-hmm. knows each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also one of the things that's most notable about Rochester is how giving the people are here. Yes. I mean, we are, I know this for a fact, we are different from other similar sized cities where, and Mark, you know this. I mean, an entire social group is based around oh, yeah. charitable efforts, you know, yes. going to galas and being yes. part of boards. Um, you know, that is where a lot of people make their friends, and that's how they interact, and that's what they do. I mean, it's, right? I mean, you've just, yeah, I mean, and you know what you're saying. Yeah. <clears throat> that is my entire social circle. Totally. <clears throat> I am part of that charity circuit, and and actually, I'm going to segue here for one. I am so excited. After two years Finally, all of a sudden, just uh, we've got the MCC gala coming up. Yes, uh, just got an invitation yesterday for the Wilmot Cancer Center, which I'm looking forward to. Perfect. It's the exact same day as the Daystar Gala. Uh, we've got the uh, Harley uh, Blast coming up, and uh, we've got the U of R Wine Auction coming up. That's just five off the top of my head, and mm-hmm. I will be at each and every one of those. There we go. Um, Actual in-person events. Y- 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 yes, and I think. I'm- I'm being auctioned off apparently for the Center for Youth. Oh, are you really? Yep. Uh, yeah. How, how does your wife fall? Yeah. Uh, how does your wife feel about this? Uh, apparently, she's going to be fine with it, uh, according to Elaine's ball. Wow. So, should, should I be offended that I wasn't <laughs> asked? <laughs> I can put a good word. <laughs> the market for old gay men just isn't. <laughs> I think it's it's just lunch. I don't believe it's dating. Uh, oh, oh, well, well, still, I've been lying e- to. E- even e- even more, I am that that much more pathetic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even warrant a lunch. But but it is. I mean, and, and that is part of the reason why this community. is is as giving as it is. Um, and many communities say, oh, we you know we rally around each other in times of need, but the Rochester community has proven that time after time after time after time. Yeah. So you, again, wonder, and... and I, 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 I'm going to answer your question. Yeah. I don't think that that part of our culture is going to, to be... be impa- no. Yeah, okay. This is a, uh, a culture that goes back 100 years. Mm-hmm. This is the, one of the legacies of George Eastman and his philanthropy and his giving, and it continues to this day. And, and if anything, 
I think it's perhaps going to have just the opposite the impact. What, what, I, what I mean by that is suddenly, um, and, and one of the reasons these boards really love to have me on their board is because I'm constantly meeting new people who are coming in from out of the area sure. that I'm grabbing and bringing to these galas, and then they're raising their paddle and donating a thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars because the money is 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 uh, is somewhat inconsequential when they're coming from these larger cities sure. and they've got more money in their pockets. So I think if anything, it's going to be a nice infusion of new blood, of new money into the area uh, that's going to help and benefit our philanthropic institutions. Um, and, and then the other point that you were making, you know, whether or not culturally it may have an impact on the fact that we are a small city. Um, I've seen this play out a little bit with some people coming in with airs of grandeur and a particular um, snotty sort of, you know, country club. and, And very, very, very quickly they begin to realize that it doesn't fly here. That 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 it is not our culture, and if you want to become um, established in this community and well liked, you're going to have to uh, uh, take on a different persona. Yeah, because it's very interesting when you compare that to say uh, a New York City uh, type uh, attitude of of where you know I don't want to say an air of being better than someone, but that's kind of the air that you know yeah, yeah. I think that we and, and maybe we have a, a bit of a complex because of the fact that. You know, we're here in upstate New York, and whenever we go anywhere in the country or world and say we're from New York, they ask, what's it like to live in the big city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's that, that's part of it, but it's going to be very, very interesting. Well, I, I do think that, you know, I mentioned George Eastman, uh, you know, in this culture of philanthropy that he uh, instilled uh, 100 years ago. But today we've got Danny, you know, yeah. we've we got Danny Wegman and his progeny. And they are carrying on not only George Eastman's tradition, but their own family's tradition, which means that they are incredibly generous and donate enormous sums of money, a lot of it very, very quietly. But also, um, we take so many of our cues, our cultural cues from that family. They are kind people. Yeah. There is no stuffiness. There is no air of, of, of entitlement about about any of them. And it's kind of hard when, you know, when, when amongst the most privileged, amongst the most wealthy and high profile uh, families in the area are just kind people. It's genuine. It's, it's, yeah, it's sort of hard to uh, throw airs around. So I, so, so I, I think, I, I'm not sure whether or not our culture is going to be impacted, but um, it, it is certainly in the short term going to make it more and more difficult for those who are looking to purchase um, when they're when they're up against some of these um, higher net worth individuals moving in from the area. It is going to make it more difficult, but I, I think longer term, it's going to be fascinating to see what ends up happening. Interesting is for sure what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, pivot here. Uh, Mark, you just uh, let me know right before we were recording here. I love there, this story. There has <laughs> been a big jump. A big jump. What was the what was the stat here? One of the one of if not the most uh, Googled uh, yeah. job in the, during the, the, the course of the pandemic yeah, here? Yes. So, so, so according to Google search trends, the top job-related yeah. search uh, from January of 2021 to January of 2022 was how to become a real estate agent. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, it's... You just you show houses. It's it's easy, right? I mean, you open the door, and then uh, people will give you bags of cash. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that uh, 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 that is how it works, right? That is how most people. So, so just a, a few things. This this comes to us from the New York Times, um, which just published the article. Um, 
I would say well, it's been a little bit different uh, of, of, of late, but for years and years and years, I would sit down with somebody at least twice a month, but oftentimes three times a month with somebody who would pick up the phone and call and say, hi, you don't know me. My name is such and such. I've been told that you might be willing to sit down with me and talk to me about becoming a real estate agent. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind, but forthright and, 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 and some would say brutal um, in that sitting with somebody for half an hour, I'd say that 90% of the time I tell people don't bother yeah. because the statistic is that 85% of everybody who gets their real estate license won't be selling real estate within two years' time. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think it may at this point in time be up to 90%. It is not an easy profession nope. to break into. Well, I think there's been a glamorization of yes. the HGTV effect yeah, certainly yeah. in play where you see these shows and, you know, oh, it looks so fun, which... Don't get me wrong; it's definitely fun. Well, but it's also if you a, if, you, if you say so. <laughs> I, I have a great time. I really I enjoy it. But it also is, and I think this is what most people don't know about it. It is also a ton of work. It's a lot of work, and not only is it a ton of work, but it's it's uncertain work, uh, especially from the mm-hmm. buy side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, where. I can have a client that I show one house to and we get an offer accepted, or I can have a client that I show 100 houses to and get an offer accepted. And you never know what it's going to be. So that's obviously a lot of time investment. Um, It it, it, it is. And don't get get us wrong. I mean, first of all, I really do love what I do. Um, But it is a grind and there is uncertainty. And... Uh, most especially for those who are just starting, you're fortunate. If in your first year you've made $15,000 per year, you've had a really, really successful first year. Um, and But it's usually only sometime between the third and the fourth year that somebody's selling real estate where they can actually become, say that they become established. And it is it, it just takes so much Effort mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's so much uh, potential risk, uh, risk of failure, risk of bankruptcy, risk of you know not being able to put food on the table, that kind of thing. So so most people who are successful have a spouse, a partner who is going to help them financially uh, dur- during this uh, time of transition. Uh, but you've also got to have just an enormous database. You can't know enough people. Yeah. Um, and you've got to have very, very thick skin. Yes. Um, <laughs> very thick skin. But uh, but a hundred and so, so the statistics that they say is that there are 160,000 <laughs> new real estate agents who have become licensed in the past year. You know, if you think just about locally, I, I, I've been um, touting the statistic that there are 3,100 agents who sell real estate in the six county region. I was told the other day, I've not yet verified it, but I think the number is now up to 3,400. Agents. Wow, okay. And yeah. how many properties did you say were on the, on the market for sale? Oh, uh, yeah. In, in the uh, we County nice, region? We had a nice jump. 319 here in Monroe County. Three, um, in, in Monroe 578 County. In, uh, in the Six County so, region. So 578 yeah. listings available for yeah. sale and 3,400 agents. Do the math. That, yeah, that tells you a lot of what you need to know. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it is, it's a lifestyle. I think that's the biggest thing because you need to, you need to really immerse yourself in it. Um, and it needs to become part of your life versus just a job, right? There's jobs and then there's that career that is you ingrain everything into it. And that's the only way to make it happen, which for some people, that's not what they want. They want to have their nine to five and they want to be able to go and do all their things and make right. all their, uh, make all their, you know, plans they want to have with their friends. But, you know, 
sometimes when you're a real estate agent, things pop up and sorry, you can't do that. You have to go show that house. You have to write that offer. You're on the phone until 10 o'clock negotiating. Spouse, yeah. you have to have an incredibly supportive spouse mm-hmm. um, who, has, who has to completely and absolutely, because this isn't simply you selling real estate or me selling real estate. Court needs to be completely bought in yeah, because wife, yeah. yeah you've got you've got two kids that you know she's expecting you home at five thirty to take care of the kids because she's going to oh, whatever and you're suddenly calling saying sorry but I'm in the middle of writing an offer Duffy my partner he actually sits down with the spouses of the members of our team and it's, it sits down and says listen you know if you want to enjoy the privilege that is associated with the salaries that one can derive if they're successful. That's great, but you've got a job to do, and that is you're gonna have to suck up like a lot of frustration, yeah. Because your lives, uh, especially during the selling season, you you just don't know when it is that your partner, your spouse, your husband, your wife is coming home. Now we've given the brutal honesty. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it's we do this, so it's something that we love. Again, yeah. I think it's yep. another thing that you have to love. Yes, it can't be a, you're doing it just for the money. Um, and the the part for me that I I, I love the most, a lot of it is. The psychology behind it is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but just people and relationships in general is what I find the most interesting about it. And, you know, there is the the heartwarming, fluttery feels of you found that house for that first-time home buyer and they're starting their family. And yep. it's just so very cool to be part of that. Yep. And being able to just nothing I like more than making that phone call when I get the news that an offer gets accepted. There, and my wife now loves it too. She's, I mean, she's invested, like you said. Uh-huh. So I, if I say, "Oh, someone got accepted," she's like, "Oh, put it on speaker." I want to. Oh, wanna that's hear, great. Oh, that's really great. I want to hear the joy because it's pure joy right. in that moment. If, if you are not emotionally connected to and invested in your clients mm-hmm. and their well-being, you're you're not going to be successful in the, in, in this career. Uh, you you need to, as you said, it just has to completely imbue every part of your being. Um, and, and part of that is, is, is the emotional connection. Um, and I'm just, I, I, think it's, I think it's one of the reasons that we've got such a strong team because every member of our team is just emotionally connected with our clients. They, they care, they, 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 to, to use the vernacular. It's literally, it's built into the business model for the team is you have to, you have to build these relationships. It's not, if you see it transactionally, it's not going, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, sorry to jump in, but if, if you view this, view this as a transactional business and you're a member of our team, you will be asked to leave. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just that simple. Anyway. So there we go. So there's the there's our uh, soapbox. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So we've been planning to become a real estate agent. Well, there you go. There's, uh, there's what you have to look forward to. <laughs> um, let's dive into a little bit of uh, real estate porn here. We do have a recent uh, sale from a celebrity, only uh, a few weeks on the market for this one. Uh, John Bon Jovi mm. recently sold his Greenwich Village condo for $22 million. I don't know. Well, where, where, so where, where is it in the village? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, last time, I just have to call attention. Yes. I'm still laughing about the fact that last time we talked about celebrity real estate, yep. um, you you very kindly uh, uh, made me aware of the fact that Fifth Avenue uh-huh. uh, was located in Manhattan. Did you know I, that? I, I'm, I'm still grateful for that. that well, that. you know, I, I try to bring a little culture to this podcast, Mark. I know, you know, I, you know, I, I bring my worldly view. Uh, so, so are you a, are you a, are you a John Bon Jovi fan? I actually I have seen him in concert. I am a John Bon Jovi fan. I would say. I saw him in Endicott, New York, my hometown. Mark, wow! Have, have you ever heard of that? Oh uh, well, yeah, oh well, yes, uh, because because I, I, I because I know Just you. Because of me. <laughs> exactly. Just because of me. Yes. Um, so, fun fact about Endicott, New York: 
they have the senior PGA, used to be a PGA Tour mm. event, that would come through every year. <laughs> the Dick's Open for the sports oh. store. Um, so for the Dick's Open, they have always massive musical acts. Oh, like really? Maroon 5. Oh, really? Zach Brown Band. Kenny what? Chesney. Darius Rucker. Wow. Like major A-level. They're paying them millions wow. Wow. of dollars. Yeah. And my parents, um, they would always volunteer. My uh, dad my dad ran the water distribution. Um, so a lot of the time I would come back, whether when I was in college or when I was working either in Albany or Virginia Beach, I would come back and I would help volunteer for these events. And then we'd always get to go to these concerts on the big concert night, which is like Friday night. Mm. So the last one that I went to... John Bon Jovi was the musical artist. And, 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 well, and, I, and I hear he's a, I hear he's a great artist. He was always awesome. It was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it's literally on the golf course. Wow. They built a oh, giant wow, stage wow. right by the 18th green. Wow. And you get to, and, and there was tons of people. And it was just absolute madness. We uh, we got the perks because my parents volunteered. So I got to sit and watch in my golf cart. Oh, from, that's uh, great. Yeah. So yeah, I actually, I am a, a John Bon Jovi fan who literally flew in and flew out of Endicott. Could not have got out quicker. Uh, yeah, I, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, whether he flew to his, you know, his townhouse in Greenwich Village or, you know, one of his, I'm sure he has many yes. other. He because he's actually a very, very, very wealthy man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, I mean, because he, he was he was actually one of the guys uh, vying to purchase the Bills that's of right, years yes, ago. That is yeah, correct. Yeah, he's so, big into football. Yeah. Another fun fact: big Notre Dame football fan. Mark, uh, you're a big sports fan. You know yeah, all about this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Bon Jovi's son played on Notre Dame, and when I was at, oh. when I was at, where was I? I was in an away game, and he was there, and they had, and they he was just like hanging out, waving at everybody. Oh my god! Oh, neck. that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I would say, Bon jo- uh, John Bon Jovi super fan over here. Oh, great. But yeah, but good for him. He made a little cash on that sale, by the way. Um, it was one fifty fifth West Eleventh Street. Okay. Uh, he sold it for twenty two mil. He bought it in twenty seventeen for nineteen million. So fair investment. And th- that is actually really, really. Charming part of New York. That, that's that's a beautiful part. Well, of New I would York. know. I'm very versed on New York City, Mark. I don't know if you know that or not. Just just, just outside of the Meatpacking District, really, yeah. really, yeah, really beautiful. So uh, we'll link this one up in the. Uh, All right, in I'm going to I'm going to throw one more out. Oh yeah. Oh, um, yeah oh. Home just came on the market for sale. Nine point five million dollars okay. in Las Vegas. What a deal! It's surrounded by a ten foot high wall. Uh, it has a theater and a ballroom with an orchestra loft. Oh yeah. Interesting. Michael Jackson's former oh, residence. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so has it just been sitting? I have no idea. Um, and it won't make any icky reference nope, to, nope, yeah, yep, yep, uh, yep, secret yep. rooms or, yeah. Nope. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure there were buzzers everywhere and cameras and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Any bouncy houses left? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, oh, yeah. Was. Anyway, um, but, but it look, I'm looking at photos here. It looks like a very, very nice. Actually, you know what? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, to be honest, it looks very dated. So, <laughs> so it has been sitting vacant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, um, no, there are current owners. But yeah, if you look at that kitchen, is that, does it look like the kind of kitchen you'd purchase in a $9.5 million house? No. 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 no it's a big Yeah. All right. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. There's, there's anything else you want to cover? No, no, um, no. Uh, great. Uh, just look forward to the sun coming out, uh, warmer temperatures, and more properties yes. coming in the market. Enjoy Sunday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, you can always see, again, as Mark mentioned, six new listings just this week. If you want to check them out, you always can over at markstewart.com. The blog post is up there. All the previous podcasts if you want to go and visit that. All right. So we'll talk to you again next Wednesday is the game plan. We're back Next on Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, unless right. you get sick. Yeah. 
You never know. You never know. You never know. It's Open House with Mark Seawig and Corey James.